excited about that. Um, so yeah, that's super awesome. It was a great time. Um, what I want us to do is I want us to take some time to pray together. And we're continuing tonight to talk about uh, holiness. And last midweek, we talked about the holiness of God. And tonight, we're talking about the holiness of God's people and our call to be holy as God is holy. Amen? So what I would like us to do is a couple things in our prayer time. We're going to have kind of popcorn prayers. And I wanted to shorten the announcements so we could have more time to pray, okay? So we're going to pray till about 7.30 or so. And what I would like us to do as the Spirit moves you, if so moved, if you would like to say a prayer of praise for God's holiness, just praising God for His character, who He is, uh, uh, really just a time of praise, or maybe a time of confession of maybe some un, of your own unholiness, and yet your confidence in God's grace, amen, and how He has made you holy. So I'd just like a time to kind of draw us in prayer into the holiness of God, thinking about God, thinking about ourselves, but not beating ourselves up, but uh, being confident in God's grace, okay? So um, let's see. How should we do this? Should, um, why, don't, why don't we do... Mm, no, we need a mic or we're not going to be able to hear. Um, do you guys want to maybe come up to the front if you want to pray? Is that too intimidating? I mean, I could hand around the mic, but then that... Yeah, could we maybe do a, a, a second mic? And then we'll have one mic over here and then one mic over there. That way we'll go back and forth and there won't be a bunch of dead time while we get the mic, okay? So, uh, um, so I need a bold couple bold volunteers to be first and second. Okay, Jake, you lead us off. And um, we'll have someone over here be second, and then, and then we'll, we'll go from there. So just about 10 minutes or so just to pray together and take some time to think and praise and confess holiness of God, all right? So how about over here? Anybody want to, want to be second? No, we're going to have two mics, so. No, I'll take it to them. Anybody over here? Eli, great, thanks. <coughs> okay, go ahead, Jake. Dear Lord, thank you so much for tonight and just allowing us to be in your presence. And Lord, thank you for letting us praise you. Lord, we are fallen, broken people, and I know myself, I don't feel worthy to praise you. you know, I lead worship and I mess up, and I just, I'm not always focused on you, but Lord, you just, you let me praise you, and you just allow me to magnify you even though I just, I fall short constantly, but Lord, you are worthy of my praise, and I am just so thankful that you give us that blessing of music and worship and just everything that that is. You are, you are worthy of our praise, and you are holy, and that's why we praise you. Um, God, your, your holiness is something that we, God, no matter how much we know about it, uh, the more we know, the less we know. It's just we open one door, God, and then there's a thousand more behind it when it comes to how different, how how set apart, how 
how high your thoughts and your ways are above ours. And God, your, your wisdom that is beyond tracing out. God, somehow you orchestrate all of our lives uh, each day and, and guide not, not just us in this room, but everyone on earth to be in a place, God, where they might reach out to you. Perhaps they would they would seek you, God, and you're orchestrating our lives so that we're sanctified. Um, you orchestrate our lives so that we, so that there's grace, there's room uh, for us to not not do things according to your plan. Uh, but yet, your plan always prevails, God. Um, how you orchestrate all this, God, is uh, it's just it's only only you are capable of that, God. Um, only you are capable of that, and we, we worship you, God. We praise you. We extol you for who you are, God. I just pray in our hearts that we would be, that we would just truly, genuinely be humbled in a, in a godly manner, God, to just see who you are, see who we are, and um, just be humbled by that in a way that is glorifying to you and also allows uh, you to use us more effectively and more powerfully in our uh, our spheres of influence and in our personal holiness and in our evangelism, God, and, and just in our walk and our relationship with you. Um, we love you, God, and pray that you um, would just uh, smile, I guess, God, at, at our love and our prayers to you. It's in Jesus' name. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, you are the only one who is the king of everything. You're the only one who is immortal, and you alone live in unapproachable light, Father. And we're so grateful that though you're holy and perfect and unimaginably different from us, that you, you made us in your image, and you made us to share in that holiness, to partake in that light. And Father, though we've sinned and we've fallen short, you provided a way for us to approach you with confidence, uh, to approach your throne with confidence, a throne that is so high and lifted up that even just the train of your robe fills your temple where it did, Father. Thank you for those stories. Thank you for that uh, revelation of yourself. I pray that each one of us can learn to know your holiness and to understand it, to take it in and make it a part of ourselves, Father, that we could uh, share in it. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, God, uh, it is great that we can be dependent upon your grace uh, at times and at the very same time bask in your goodness. Uh, it amazes me that that's something that is always available with you as a father, uh, as a parent. I just realize now in my life how difficult that is when my children uh, are in need of grace uh, to be able to allow them to bask in my goodness despite that. And uh, because of that, God, I, I have just a tremendous amount of respect for you, and I thank you for that. And coincidentally, I'm in need of your grace because of uh, how I fall short as, as a father. Uh, and so uh, thank you for that, God. Thank you for being a steady dad. Uh, thank you for being a wonderful, sovereign, holy father. Amen. Father, thank you so much for bringing us here tonight. It's so good just to take some time to think uh, about who you are as holy God. Father, you are holy, 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 and you are um, so magnificent and awesome and glorious. It's hard to come up with the words 
But Father, I hope that you feel our hearts tonight, that we love you and we bow and worship before you and we, re- we revere and respect and in, in hopefully in a right way fear, fear you and come trembling before your holiness. And yet for you to, to reach out to us with Jesus to solve our unholiness problem, to fill us with your Holy Spirit and to transform us ever so slowly, just only enough as we can handle uh, into into your image is so gracious and kind and it's beautiful. Father, I, um, just confess our unholiness, our struggles, our, our darkness, our weakness, the, the sins of our flesh. Father, all of us have so fallen short and so weak, and yet we can approach you with confidence because of the blood of Jesus. And while uh, we're, we're being made perfect, you count us as completely perfect and holy because of us being in Christ, and we can approach you humbly and yet confidently and securely. And um, Father, it's a mystery. We, we so often can err on one side or the other of that. I pray as a church we can we can grow in that. We can learn more about who you are and how you want us to, to be as your people. God, I pray for our church to be a holy people. Father, help us to repent and ex- expose the darkness of our own hearts and to help one another come into the light and... Uh, um, uh, be be transformed by your spirit. Thank you for this time to pray. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All righty, guys. Uh, let's open up our Bibles to... Um, where do we want to go? Let's go to First uh, Peter chapter 1. So... Last week we talked about, uh, and I want to make a special appeal actually tonight. This is an important lesson, okay? So if you're tempted to, to uh, be playing video games on your phone during church or, or not pay attention, I want to appeal to you to pay attention, amen? Uh, this is an important time as a church, I believe, uh, for us to talk about our holiness. And so let's tune in here, amen? Okay. Um, so last time we talked about the holiness of God, and I talked about the reason we need to talk about God's holiness is because the world is constantly trying to encroach in on God's people. It's Historically, we see Satan work over and over again to not just delude the world, because he's kind of got the world deluded, right? But, it, but it's the church, it's the people of God that is the hope the light, the salt. So if he can make the salt unsalty, if he can make the light so dull that it doesn't really shine, then it's a double victory, right? And that's what we see historically with the church. And so that's why uh, I feel very strongly as the minister of our church that a lot of the, a lot of the times we want our times to be full of inspiration and happiness and you know what I'm saying amen joy celebration it should be that but then there's times where we need to talk honestly about some things that are happening uh, in order to remind us amen that this is this is serious and we need to not get um, dull amen So about once a year or so, 
um, we we kind of we kind of like let's I don't I'm not gonna say bring the hammer down or it's not, it's no, no one's in trouble. Well, if you may if you're got secret sin going on, you're in trouble. Okay, <laughs> uh, but but more as a church to remind us to let the word cut and to sober us and to hopefully then inspire us to recommit ourselves to to be the holy people of God. Amen? And what that means. Okay. So, um, so that's tonight. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, so this is why, that's why we got to do it. It's because we're constantly at battle. And uh, in 1 Peter here, so last, last month we talked about the holiness of God and how God's holiness uh, is the only characteristic where it is repeated where God is called holy, holy, holy. He's never called love, 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 or goodness, 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 or whatever. And that is, there's a point to that. When the angels, not, not just the humans, but when the angels and the saints come before God, the things that coming out of their mouth is not, oh, thank you, God, for blessing me with this nice house. It's, it's falling prostrate before Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, okay? And then, so, and so this demands, God's holiness demands our worship, our reverence. It demands a basis of grace for our own righteousness. Does that make sense? None of us are holy in and of ourselves. It's only on the basis of God's grace. And then to be filled with and transformed into God's holiness. That's what God's holiness demands. So that's what we're going to talk more about today. Um, the holiness of God's people. What does that mean for us? Uh, it's a very important question. Why is that important? Because of how unholy we are. Okay? You can't reconcile a holy God with an unholy mankind just by ignoring it or just by hoping it goes away or putting your head in the sand or you can try that but that doesn't work okay so we have to figure out how is this reconciled and amen this is where God in God's holiness and in God's love for an unholy people he doesn't say Forget about you. I'm starting over, which he could. He says, no, I love you. Despite the fact that you hate me, because we are God's enemies, despite the fact that you don't love me, you, you've turned against me, I still love you, and I'm going to provide a way. And so he sends Jesus. Amen? And... Uh, um, we believe in Jesus. That's why we're here. And we decide we're going to repent of our unholiness. We're going to make Jesus Lord. And we're going to be baptized into Christ. And so this conversion gets, uh, solves our problems. Okay? It solves our God's problem of what he, should, he has to do with an unholy people, which is wrath. He, if he doesn't do wrath on unholiness, he betrays himself. So he has to have justice, and it solves our problem in that we're the unholy ones, and we deserve that. That's a problem. And so our problem is fixed through the cleansing, the forgiveness of our sins, but we, 
What else that does, happens in baptism, right? This shouldn't be new news for you. Uh, we repent and we're baptized for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it's not just we're forgiven, free and clear. It's there's a, the gift of the Holy Spirit, which implies something for our holiness. Amen? So in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, and we're going to play that video again. I know some of you saw it, but some of you didn't see it, and I think it's a really important video in understanding holiness. But I want to read this verse. 1, Corinthians, 1 Peter 1, verse 15 says, But just as He who called you, who's that? Who calls us? The Father, right? Jesus calls us is holy, so just as He is holy, so be holy. Who, who, who should be holy? The people of God. Be holy on Sunday morning in all you do. So there's identity of holiness, be, and there's outworkings of holiness, do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. So the holiness of God doesn't end with God in our forgiveness. It continues with our call to holiness. Now, again, we can think, oh, great, no more fun in my life. You don't understand holiness if that's what you you think, though that's what I used to think. Now I see holiness as one of the most incredible, life-giving, joy-producing, peace-bringing gifts that God could ever give me. Um, It's Satan who's deluded us to think that holiness is uncool. All right? And so I I want us to show this video, uh, The Bible Project, about the theme of holiness. Uh, Even if you've seen it again, seen it before, we're going to show it again. And uh, uh, I know the teens didn't see it last time, so I want them to see it as well uh, to really be inspired about holiness. Go ahead. You've probably heard the word holy before, or at least sang it in a church song once or twice. And for most people, this idea is really just connected to being a morally good person. So God is holy because he's morally perfect. Yeah, that is part of it. But in the Bible, the idea of holiness is even bigger and more rich. What it's really describing is how God is the creative force behind the whole universe. He's the one and only being with the power to make a world full of such beauty and life. And so all these abilities, they make God utterly unique, which is the meaning of the word holy. So a helpful way to think about God's holiness is by using the sun as a metaphor. The sun is unique, at least within our solar system, and it's really powerful. It's the source of all this beautiful life on our planet. And so you could say that the sun is holy. And you can actually take this metaphor even further in that the whole area around the sun is also holy. Yeah, because the closer you get to the sun, the more intense it gets. Yeah, exactly. So that very power and goodness that generates all this life is also dangerous. I mean, the sun, if you get too close, will annihilate you. And in the same way, there's this paradox at the heart of God's own holiness, because if you're impure, his presence is dangerous to you. And not because it's bad, but because it's so good. 
And so the first time we see this paradox of God's holiness, it's in the story of Moses and the burning bush. So God tells Moses to take off his sandals because he's standing on holy ground. And Moses covers his face in fear, and God says, hey, don't come any closer. It's intense. It's actually that intensity of God's holiness that's explored even more in the stories about Israel's temple, which was the main place where God's holy presence was located. And at the center of the temple was this room called the most holy place, the hot spot of God's presence. And whether you're an Israelite living in the land around the temple or a priest working right in the temple, you're in proximity to God's holy presence, which is dangerous. Yeah, this is a problem. So how's it supposed to work? Well, in the Bible, the solution is that you need to become pure. So like being morally pure. Yeah, and that's easy enough to understand. But the Bible spends a lot of time talking about another kind of purity, being ritually pure, which is a state where you separate yourself from anything related to death, like touching things like diseased skin or dead bodies or even certain bodily fluids. All these make you impure. And becoming ritually impure isn't necessarily sinful. What's wrong is waltzing into God's presence when you're in an impure state. And so that's why God gave the Israelites very clear instructions for knowing when they were impure, steps to become pure, so that they could go into the temple again. So that's what the book of Leviticus is about. Right. But it doesn't stop there. This idea keeps developing. So later in the scriptures, we find this really interesting story by a prophet named Isaiah. And he has this crazy vision where he's in the temple and he's right in God's presence. He's totally terrified. Yeah, he knows the rules. He shouldn't even be in there. And he's worried about being destroyed. And then this crazy creature called a seraphim. Yeah, that is a crazy creature. <laughs> totally. So it flies over with a hot coal, and then it sears Isaiah's lips with the coal and says something really weird. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. So this burning coal somehow makes Isaiah pure. Yeah, it's remarkable because normally if you touch something impure, it transfers its impurity to you. But now here's this new idea where you have this coal, this very holy and pure object, and it touches Isaiah and it transfers its purity to him. Isaiah is not destroyed by God's holiness. He's transformed by it. I mean, the implications of this are just huge. But there's one more development this time from another prophet, Ezekiel. And he has this vision where he's standing at the temple and he sees water trickling out from it. And then that water turns into a stream and then it grows into a deep river that starts flowing through the desert, leaving this trail of green trees behind it. And then it flows into the Dead Sea, making everything fresh and alive. So instead of becoming pure first and then going into the temple, here God's holiness comes out from the temple, making things pure and bringing them to life. What does it all mean? So we don't know until we meet this man, Jesus. And he claims that he's fulfilling all of these ancient visions, but in surprising new ways. So Jesus, he went around touching people who are impure, people with skin diseases, a, a woman with chronic bleeding or dead people. And when he touches them, their impurity should transfer over to Jesus. But instead, Jesus' purity transfers to them and actually heals their bodies. Jesus is like that holy coal in Isaiah's vision. Right. And Jesus claimed that he was the human embodiment of God's own holiness and that he and his followers were now God's temple so that through them, God's holy presence would go out into the world and bring life and healing and hope. And so this is why Jesus described his followers as having streams of living water 
flowing out of them. So this is our part of the story where we find ourselves now, but where's this all heading? So the last pages of the Bible end with a final vision about God's holiness. And this time it's by a guy named John. And in his vision, we see the whole world made completely new. The entire earth has become God's temple. And Ezekiel's river is there, flowing out of God's presence, immersing all of creation, removing all impurity, and bringing everything back to life. We believe the Bible is one complete narrative, so we're making these videos. So that's, uh, if you want to see that again, it's the bibleproject.org, and, and they have really done, I really like a lot of the things they've done, and there's a ton more videos there. So if you like that kind of thing, Go there and, and, and do some research. Okay, so um, so the video talks about how holiness, even though we're we're impure and unholy, God creates a way for us to be cleansed and then filled with the Holy Spirit and. I, I want us to, this week, focus on the people of God with Jesus as he touches them, and they become pure and holy, and then the purpose of the church is to do what? To, to, to take this to the world and continue to spread. And so we, Jesus, we see everything light. We see Jesus' great commission, go make disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I'll be with you always. So the presence of God, the, the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament, if you read much about Leviticus and the temple, it's all about uh, um, the presence of God and then how when Jesus died, the, the temple curtain was split in two, and how that presence of God, we can come in and it goes out in Christ, okay, through the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And... Um, we could talk all night about theology, but I want to move on to a couple more scriptures about how we reconcile our unholiness with God's holiness. Let's look over to Hebrews chapter 10. Okay, so how does this work? I want to look at two scriptures, and then we're going to look at a letter that Paul wrote to the people of God, instructing them on this holiness, okay? And then we're going to talk about some things that... that that, um, that we're working on, okay? Uh, Hebrews 10, verse 10. So the book of Hebrews is written to Jewish Christians who are familiar with the Old Covenant and the law and the Jewish customs and that sort of thing. And so it deals with the priests in the Holy of Holies right here in this section and the whole goal of the book of Hebrews is to show that Jesus is greater than the law or the temple or the old covenant, that he's the fulfillment of this. And so now Jews and Gentiles can be together in Christ as the people of God. Okay, so Hebrews 10, verse 10 says, And by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of of the body of Jesus Christ, once for all. Day after day, every priest and stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. So human 
Obedience can never take away sins. Human religious duty never is an atonement for our darkness. I had a great analogy one time where if you take a sledgehammer to one side of Jake's car, okay, and then you feel bad about it, so you go to the other side and you, and you try to wax it to make it look nice. Why does that not work? Jake's like, uh, dude, what about the sledgehammer? You know, the other side. Okay, so our good deeds can never take away the fact that we just put, took a sledgehammer to that. That has to be something from, the out, from outside of us. So day after day, every priest stands before his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, the great high priest, uh, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Sitting down at the right hand of God is symbolic of it is finished. The job is done. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Okay, so we are, by the sacrifice of Jesus, we are made perfect forever. We've, we are brought into the holiness of God and receiving the Holy Spirit, we are now through His power, being made holy. So there's a justification, which means cleansing, and then there's a sanctification, which means an ongoing process of being made holy. Does that make sense? Okay? Uh, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1 is a good verse, and I'm going to read the New Living Translation. It says, Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. Okay? So while we're indwelt with the Holy Spirit and while our church is indwelt with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is working in and through us toward perfecting holiness. So as a group, we should be becoming more and more like Jesus, more and more holy. Amen? Okay, so that's why as a group, we got to talk at times about some unholiness and what we're going to do about it. All right? Because we take this seriously. We take the fact that the Spirit is here. Yeah, Carter, to me the other day, said, says, I asked him about a certain situation, and uh, he said, Dad, either the Spirit makes the church holy, or the Spirit's going to leave the church. I said, yes, sir. That's my boy. But it's true. It's true. Okay, so um, let's, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to read Ephesians 4, verse 17 through chapter 5, verse 20. So a little more of a section. And I like to think of if Paul... Paul wrote us a letter to the Chippewa Valley Church, and he would have a section in here on holiness. And he would address the things that he felt like we needed to have addressed. Amen? 
And so we're going to look at this addressing of holiness in the Ephesian church. And what you're going to see is there's a defense and an offense. Okay? It's never about just what to stop doing. Okay, i got to draw a picture here real quick. Okay? Holiness, we can think at times of, okay, this is, okay, holy, holiness or the Holy Spirit, let's say. And this is the people of God. Okay? Jesus. Okay, just people. Okay? Not very, don't work on the whiteboard very often, okay? So the people of God and the holiness spreads out. What we can think of is, okay, what's the line of holiness and unholiness? So we like to draw a line because we're uncomfortable with vague principles. Just give me a rule because then I can know I'm in that rule or I'm out of that rule, right? So we say, okay, this is the people of God. This is holiness. This here, outside, unholy, bad, right? And those bad people out there, right? And right here, holy, good, we're better than them, okay? We can, our flesh tends to think this way, but guess what happens with our flesh if we start to make rules? What does our flesh do? I want to get as close to that as possible, right? And I don't want to cross, but I want to, I just, I, I, I'm, I want to get, you know, what's, what, I just want to know what's acceptable, but I can still be righteous. But guess what happens? When you're headed this direction, guess what happens? Any line you make, at some point you're going to go, and you're going to be like, oh, I'm so bad. Okay, the, the point of holiness is not about where the line is. The point of holiness is the, the direction you're headed. Okay, so we as a people, if we're holy, we want to be headed this direction. Amen? If we start heading this direction, no matter where that line is, we're being unholy. Does that make sense? Say, well, I don't drink, I don't gamble, I don't smoke, I, I don't have, you know, uh, uh, affairs. And so I'm like right here, man, me and Jesus. We're, I'm so, I mean, I'm not quite Jesus all the way yet. I mean, nobody's perfect. But I sure am close. Okay, as soon as you're there, you start to go this direction. But when you're, when you're humble and broken about your own unholiness, you're headed actually that direction. Amen? Okay? So these aren't about making rules and drawing lines. These are about our heart and which direction we're headed and what we want. Amen? Super important. I hope that makes sense. Okay, Ephesians 4, verse 17. So listen to this as Paul is trying to communicate this principle. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. That you must know, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God 
because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Do you see the direction? It's, the, it's, it's they've compromised, calloused their heart, and the, the sin creates a thirst for more sin. And so I'm, I'm just wanting more. So it's not about where, it's about the direction. Okay? You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of Him and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay? So you were taught, he's saying, stop going that direction, go the other direction. Right? Take off that old self, put on the new self. That's the way you were taught in true righteousness and holiness. Uh, um, therefore, so this principle must have a therefore. And he's communicating to the church, what does this mean? Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as in Christ forgave you. Do you see every time it's take this off, put this on. So far he's covered speech, he's covered anger. Do you see it? One direction, take that off, go the other direction. When you're going this direction, this is life. When you're going that direction, it's death. It's destroying you and others. In this direction, it's bringing life to you uh, in others. Okay. Um, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ God forgave you, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. What he's saying is that, so he gets, on, he gets let's cut right to the chase. Let's talk about sexual purity. It says, there should be none. Why? Because it doesn't fit. It's unfitting. It's improper. Okay? Um, and this is, the, this is the analogy with Craig wearing... Let's, let's come up for air for a second. Okay? <laughs> Me wearing this thing. Okay? It's, it's just... 
it's improper. It's wrong. I don't, it's, I'm like, it's, it's like giving me chill. My daughter comes up and says, what are you doing? Take that thing off. Like as I was putting it on, Jeremy Stanton looks at me like, don't do it, bro. Right? And you should have seen the look in Craig's face. Like, it's improper. It doesn't fit. It's just there's just, it's, what, how do you say it? It's just wrong, right? Okay, pure impurity, immorality, named amongst us. It, it impri- doesn't fit because we are the holy people of God. Amen? Okay, um, okay. I, I can't take it anymore. I gotta take this thing off. So this is this is part of the analogy. So now I can take this off and I can feel at peace again. Okay, go ahead, Craig. You can you have permission. Alright. See that's called repentance. Now my daughter can claim me again. Okay. Um, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place? Just out of place. Who got their mouth washed out with soap? The, the old, old school, right? Even some of you youngins. Hallelujah. Okay? It's just uh, uh, um, the, the coarse, how we speak, it's unfitting for coarseness to come out of because the mouth, out of what overflows? Out of the heart, the mouth overflows. So out of the Holy Spirit, the mouth overflows. It's unfitting. It's improper. It's wrong, right? For there to be these, these types of speech. Um, but rather, thanksgiving. That's the kind of speech that there should be. For the, this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. So immoral impurity. So here is, here is an, uh, an idol over here that's not God, and you start following it. What he's saying is, if you keep following it, you are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And that's just not hell. That's in this life. You are in going to inherit uh, uh, death. Okay, these things produce death, ultimately. They, now, they feel good for a short moment, but then very quickly produce death. Okay? Um, that's, that's, that's why we talk about idolatry. That's why we don't want to have any God but God. Because any other God, even good things like marriage or, or Christian work, if that becomes God, it produces wrong things because only God is God. Um. Let no one deceive you with empty words. So the reason he says that is because Satan tries to say two things about all these things. He tries to say two, two deceptive things. One is, um, it's no big deal. Oh, come on. It, it's not that big a deal. It's just one hit of marijuana. Everyone does it. Studies have shown, da-da-da-da-da, right? It's deceptive. 
So what Paul says here, the Holy Spirit says, is let no one deceive you with empty words because such things Because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. What the Spirit is saying, it is a big deal. I would say God's wrath is a pretty big deal. Wouldn't you? Okay. So don't let someone convince you it's no big deal. Okay, that's one lie. Comes on those who are disobedient. So the next excuse is, Oh, I'm not responsible. I, I'm a victim to this choice. Well, it's because my, my dad did this, or my mom wasn't this, or I, I have ADHD, or uh, S, I have lots of initials around me that I've been diagnosed with. So therefore, I'm not responsible for my choices. Okay? And I, I'm all for counseling, and I'm all for initials around you to, to get the help that you need. Amen? But I'm not for that being an excuse for your disobedience. You made a choice out of your own temptation, your own evil desire, James chapter 1 or 2, 1 out of your own evil desire to make that choice. And you will be held accountable by a holy God. And if you say, well, that's not going to fly. Okay, all right. So let's, where are we? Uh, um, okay, verse, <clears throat> verse 7. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Isn't it funny, even those three words, goodness, righteousness, and truth. There's a part of us that goes, Ugh, Goody two-shoes. Isn't that insidious how Satan has called good evil and evil good? It's cooler to be rebellious and cool and I'm not going to submit to nobody because I'm my own whatever. Okay? Um, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is the light that makes everything visible. That is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so this beautiful section to the church in Ephesus. And guess what? There's a section just like it to the church in Colossae and to the church in Galatia the region of Galatia, all the churches, and in the churches to the, in Revelation, etc., etc., right? So obviously this is important, uh, and we need to talk about it. Okay, so let's, let me summarize. Here's all the things that Paul addressed. Darkened thinking, that way, 
Bible thinking. Okay? You're, they're darkened in their understanding. So dark thinking. You guys ever feel dark? Th- I feel it. I feel a dark thought sometimes. That's darkened thinking. But the Holy Spirit puts Bible thinking. Right? Thoughts of Scripture. Memorizing Scripture. Quoting Scripture. Okay? How about a hardening heart versus a softening heart? Okay, their hearts were hardened. Uh, sensuality, going with what feels good, a lover of pleasure, okay, versus self-denial, actually denying stuff. So you guys, you've heard me turn. I've shared with you my struggles with lust over the years, right? Uh, uh, and there's, there's this direction headed with that. Perfection, no, but I, can, I, I feel fired up about the direction I'm headed with my own lustful struggles. Amen? So uh, re- more recently, though, I've, I've seen another addiction and in, in, in thing that I've not tackled and not really had conviction on that I've come to more. It's my eating, my food, my taste, but being enslaved to what tastes good. Right? So I say, I get this eating. It's not honorable. It's, it's wrong. And so my, I'm headed that direction as well with self-control over what I put in my body because it's a temple of the Holy Spirit and I'm to honor God with it. But once I started eating better, guess what I felt? I want, well, I felt better, but I also felt something else. I want so badly to go to McDonald's and order double cheeseburger, large fry, and not a Diet Coke. Right? And matter of fact, it starts, it's really discouraging that I'm not going to do that. And I felt lost. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you're flat addicted, dude. This is an issue. It's a spiritual issue, not just a faith issue. Just like everything else is that we deal with in here. Are you with me there? So what are you enslaved to, the spirit or your sensuality? It's one or the other, okay? Um, Impurity or absolute purity, okay? Falsehood, truth. Anger and rage. All anger, there is a righteous indignation. But it says, in your anger, do not sin. Okay? And we know when we've sinned in our anger, okay? Um, Versus being gentle, kind, calm. Stealing or not working versus working, being productive, being useful, and giving out of what is produced. Um, un, it's interesting, the talk, unwholesome talk, foolish talk, obscene talk, and coarse talk. It's what we speak is a big deal. Okay? Um, versus only saying what is helpful and building others up according to their need. Bitterness and malice unresolved issues, and not just in the church. Any unresolved issues with parents or siblings, or that, that eats you up, okay? Versus um, being merciful, forgiving them in, in your heart. Okay, sexual immorality. Uh, that's, that's this direction, sexual immorality. What's the opposite Incredible and beautiful and holy intimacy with a husband or a wife. Okay? Amen? 
The Bible says it, we can say it. Okay? Um, incredible intimacy in marriages. Um, greed. Wrong direction. Extreme, hilarious open-handedness and generosity. Which describes your contribution? Greed, stingy, or incredible generosity? Okay? Um, it's one direction or the other. Deeds of darkness versus shining the light in those dark deeds. Okay? We're always going to have dark deeds till the day we die because we're always going to be not there yet. But the question is, are you shining the light in those dark deeds or are you hiding them and they're getting darker? One is going this direction, getting darker. One is going this direction, shining the light. Okay? Unwise living versus wise choices. Foolishness versus wise. Drunkenness versus drunk on the Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, don't be deceived about any of these things. So these are all the things Paul addresses in this little section. Now, do you think that he covered all of them? Or do you think that those are the only things? No, I think that he's, he's making practicals of the principle. And it's our job to, okay, well, how about today? How about us? Okay? So here's, here's some of the things that I think are encroaching on, on churches in our day as well as our own church. Okay? Number one, pornography, masturbation. Okay? The percentages of people in churches that are going on pornography, men and women, is getting higher and higher and higher. Uh, it's encroaching into the church. And we're either going to be a group that says, get out, or we're going to say, oh, well, oh well. No, we're not going to be that says, oh well. We're going to say, out. Amen? Out. If that's in your life, you better shine some light in that tonight. Amen? Hey, this is a safe place. You're not going to... Whoa! Shame! I never... I can't believe you call yourself a Christian. What? Has that ever been your experience? Stop fearing that. That's not what God does. Okay? This is why Jesus died. This is why you're a Christian. Because you need grace. So why are you trying to act like you don't need it? Okay? Pornography, masturbation. It's been told to me that um, people are saying masturbation's okay. Just do it. It's good for you. You'd be a lot less stressed if you just masturbated a couple times a day. That's what the world's wisdom is saying. It's, it's not true. It's wrong. Don't do it. Don't buy it. It's a lie. Okay? Um, well, how could I? Could never. Could never. Yeah, you can. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Okay? You have everything you need to resist. But you got to get open. Okay? And we have purity groups. If this is something that's in your life and it's not overcoming, then you have a responsibility to take the next step. Get to the purity group. 
give your minister a call or shepherd or someone and, and do whatever it takes. Okay, immorality. Immorality. Trying to creep its way into the church. Okay? It says this stuff should not even be named among you. It's been named in our church. And it's wrong. And it's getting out. Amen? And that's just because not because I'm mean. It's because we are not accepting it as, the, as normal. It's out. It either gets out, etc. I'll, I'll deal with that later. Uh, dating, okay? Um, Non-Christian dating or dating someone who's not a disciple. Um, unwise, unwise living. It's unwise. You know, I just had, a, I was just in Denver this morning, last couple of days, and I met up with an old dear friend who was my minister in the late 90s. And so how, 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 are, how are you? It's like I'm, it's, I'm going through a hard time. Why? My daughter just got a divorce. She's married for five years. Well, she was baptized. But she walked away. She, she said, you know what? Unwise dating. And got married and now has a four-year-old son and is divorced. It's heartbreaking. But you teens, you guys think, singles, you think we're just making a rule about, hey, date disciples. And don't, what are you thinking? It's, it's unwise living. All right? Date disciples and in dating, make sure that you're not idolatrous with dating. Okay? You can date a disciple and be super idolatrous where you're consumed with dating. All right? And it becomes an idol and it takes you away. Okay? Um, okay. Another thing smoking, vaping, marijuana, chewing tobacco. Marijuana is not legal yet in Wisconsin, right? Okay? Someday it will be. You know what? Just because the world may say it's legal doesn't mean it's holy. Okay? Smoking marijuana is not acceptable. It's not good. Okay? We're just, just going to deal with this right now. Well, it's legal. I don't care if it's legal. Okay? Don't smoke marijuana. Vaping. Not acceptable for a disciple. All right? It's wrong. It's improper for God's holy people. And it's not acceptable. It's in the church. Um, all right. Uh, gaming. Hours and hours and hours a day of gaming. Now, a lot of these things, like alcohol, want, the Bible doesn't say a drink of alcohol is wrong, does it? But it does say drunkenness is wrong, right? What's the difference between a drink and drunkenness? Excess, right? So there's certain things that are acceptable in a, a right amount. But there's some things that there's, there's a line somewhere where it becomes wrong, sinful. I think that's the way gaming, video games, is, is, can be that way. 
right? And I've even had, I've been so proud of my teens, my teens, our teens. <laughs> well, they're kind of my teens. I feel that way about them. Because some of them come and say, you know what? I'm just too, too much. They, on their own, they confess. It's just too much. Amen, right? Um, playing a video game with your buddy? Well, God bless you. Get, I hope you win, okay? Uh, playing video games for hours on end? It's debaucherous. It's overindulged. It's selfish, right? Are you with me there? Well, okay, well, exactly how much can I play? I'm not playing that game. Get it? Playing that game? See what I did there? Okay. Uh, I'm not playing that game. You know, you, you know. You decide. You have the spirit in you. Draw a boundary. Okay? Head the other direction. All right? Netflix. It's become an issue in our world. Right? Hours and hours. Not only how mu- what you watch, but how much you watch it. Okay? Saying I can't watch Netflix? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... It can be in excess, so, so, you know, be spiritual about it, okay? Alcohol, uh, drunkenness is, is not okay. Uh, a drink, you know, if you, probably, if you're not an alcoholic, you may be able to handle a, a drink, but if you need two and three, there, there's an issue there, right? Okay? Okay. Um, Health, your, your health, your eating, sugar addiction, fat grams addiction, uh, um, greed, okay? Uh, one thing, I think inconsistent church family involvement, okay? We just blow off D group too easy. We just blow it off. I'll get, I'll get you. Hey, if you're a disciple, you should be in that discipleship group as often as you can be. Amen? Maybe it's once a week. Maybe you go, you've decided to go every week, every other week. But if you start blowing that off, and what I mean by that is you miss, you don't make it a priority, and you don't even call anymore that you're going to miss. Does that make sense? Okay, that's wrong. Now, if you have to miss because you're whatever, sick or whatever, you see how easy it is to say, well, where's the line? Well, exactly how much? I'm not gonna, we're not going there. You're, you're a big person. You can decide. You have the Holy Spirit. You decide. But, but don't go the, the wrong direction. Does that make sense? Um, okay. Therefore, we're almost done. Therefore, what do we do with this? What do we do? Okay. He says, first of all, therefore, let me find my verse. Um, It says, verse 8, uh, you were once darkness, now you are light. Live as children of light. Therefore, number one, just come in the light. Shine the light, come in the light. The light is the answer. All right? Uh, um, expose your own darkness, expose your struggles. That's what you need, that's what your heart needs. That's the answer. Uh, that will bring you into, that, that will get you in here, okay? That will get you feeling the blood of Jesus again, feeling the cleansing, feeling the peace. Amen? Just come in the light. Um, 
say, well, I don't know if this is, maybe this is okay, or maybe I don't. I don't know if I'm kind of feeling weird about it. Just bring it to the light, okay? Uh, uh, don't try to figure it out. Just, just bring it to the light, whatever you're struggling, whatever, whatever the struggle is. Um, number one, expose. Number two, flee from the darkness, okay? Don't play the game of trying to figure out, what, well, you know, what, what's just good enough? Flee from the darkness. Run from it. Get as far away from that as possible. Um, don't, don't flirt. You cannot heap burning coals in your lap and not get burned. That's what that's talking about. Well, I think I'll just put some coals in my lap and just kind of flirt with this line. Hopefully I won't get burned. You get burned. Okay? So don't flirt with it. Flee from it. And then we have a responsibility together to shine the light in each other's business. I sat down with a brother the other day, and he's like, he, he, it made me laugh. He's like, well, I, I, I knew a long time ago that uh, if I was going to be in this church, people would be in my business. <laughs> and, I, and I chuckled. I'm like, that's right. I'm going to be in your business. Because guess what? It is my business. Because your business is my business. Because we're brothers. And I love you. Amen? Amen? And I want you in my business. I need you in my business. Or else I'm lost. Amen? Right? I'm going to be I'm gonna be in my kid's business. All right? And guess what? I've opened up my business to them. And they're so encouraged <laughs> when they hear that struggle. Right? We're going to be in each other's business. And, uh, now, not in an inappropriate ways but in righteous ways. Okay, so we have to expose in others. Do not be partners with them. That's what it says. Don't be a partner to this. It's hard to take a stand. It's hard. Okay, it's hard to say, I'm feeling funny about this. I'm feeling, I don't know what it is. I just don't, I feel uncomfortable. Can I ask you a question about this? Does that make sense? We've got to, we've got to do that. That's shining the light. You may be wrong. That's okay. If you're thinking it, say it. Just, just ask, all right, uh, and help them flee. If someone is a, a disciple and they're unwilling to flee from any of, any of these things, okay, then what do we do with that as a church? What do we do? What if someone's not willing to flee? Are we just stuck? What do we do? Help me out. What, what do we do? Eli. Matthew 18. Matthew 18. What's what's Matthew 18? They go talk to them, and then if that doesn't work, you bring somebody else with you. If that doesn't work, you bring them before the church. You got it. There, there's, a, there's an out for that. They'll, there's two choices. Either the church deals with it according to the scriptures, and we remain holy. Or we don't deal with it, according to the Scriptures, and as a church, we get further from this. Right? So if someone is unwilling, not the world, but a disciple, is unwilling to repent of impurity and morality, and, and I don't mean a stumble, I mean a deliberate decision to go that direction. Does that make sense? Um, I'm going this direction, I, and I don't care that sort of attitude, 
Okay? That has to have church discipline around it. Talk to them. If they listen, you've won your brother over. If they don't listen, take two or three others to establish the facts. If they don't listen to even them, then take it to the church. If they don't listen to even the church, then treat them as you would an unbeliever. Okay, now how do we treat unbelievers? We love them. We care for them. We try to reach out to them, right? But we're, they're not, they're an unbeliever. Okay? So now there's a few cases of slander, gossip, or divisiveness where it says have nothing to do with them. Okay? So, but what I'm saying is that there's what's called church discipline that the Bible gives us as a tool to help. With, and it's not a mean thing. It is actually, when I took uh, my conflict resolution class, these peacemaker ministry, the experts in this, they said this is, this is someone is drowning and you've dove in to try to help them, but they don't want help. So this is the person from the, from the boat throwing them the life thing. This is like, please, church discipline is, this is, your, this is your best chance. Grab on, and we'll pull you in, okay? Um, so it's an act of mercy and, and kindness with the goal to help them come back to their senses, okay? That's important to, to understand, that that's a responsibility we all have. Okay, amen? Holiness. All right, okay, 827. Uh, I was unholy and going too long, so I apologize. But uh, um, let us, God is holy, and we are called to be holy. Uh, Let's be headed in this direction. If there's anything in your life headed this direction, shine a light in it, and uh, let's get get that head the right direction. Amen? Okay, guys, I love you, and... um, Battle on. We're dismissed. We're done.